Left Insider Podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Chandick, Daggett Morse, and producer Mike Flank. Welcome everybody to episode three of the NLF Insider Podcast. I am joined today by the phenomenal producer, Mike Flanagan. What's going on, Matt? Not a whole lot, and only by the phenomenal producer, Mike Flanagan, as our co-host, Daggett Morse, uh, is unable to make it today. But that's all right, because we've got a couple really good interviews lined up. I'm uh, really excited about this. We've got both um, Team 91 Long Island and Crabs represented on this podcast as we welcome number three prospect in the 23 rankings, Owen Duffy, an attackman from St. Anthony's on Long Island and a North Carolina commit, as well as number 20 overall prospect in the 23 class, Jacob Pacheco, a midfielder from Boys Latin in Baltimore, as well as the Crabs, actually a Denver native, um, you know, got to find out a little bit more about him and just kind of his path uh, from Denver to an MIAA championship in the span of a couple months last year. So that was pretty cool. Um, looking forward to that. And uh, Flano, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Yeah, I just got home from a shoot over at Harvard today. It was a good day. The boys were buzzing. Nice little cold morning fall ball session. Um, now I'm just making my videos and pumping out this podcast with you. And uh, I have my uh, men's league hockey game tonight. So big night for Flan Dog. Oh, well, this will be uh, this will come out after that. But we're just going to go ahead and assume that Flan Dog's team won and he pumped, pumped home a couple goals. So probably a safe assumption at that point. Yeah, you know, for the first three games this season, I was my team's leading scorer. And then, you know, I haven't scored in the last like six games. So we'll sleep that. You're part. due. You're due. That's really what matters. Exactly. Um, well, you know, we've uh, we're also looking forward to the NLF being back next weekend with the NLF Fall Invitational in Baltimore. Um, going to be on Sunday. Going to be, you know, the best event of the fall as, as usual and expecting a whole lot of college coaches. Um, you know, it should be a, a really interesting, you know, usually we've got the, the youth and and the high school guys going on, but this is uh, just the high school. So 23, 24, 25, um, you know, obviously there's been a ton of commits with the 23s and we're very excited to see those guys, but, but also looking forward to uh, getting some eyes on the 24 class a little bit, um, been able to, to see some of the top 24s in the country, you know, this past summer and the, the, this past uh, winter, but really, you know, they kind of take center stage next up. So next week we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that and some of the matchups we're excited to see in Baltimore um the 23s and 24s are going to be at Blander Regional Park and the 25s are going to be at Boys Latin and with that we're going to kick it over to our interview with number 323 Owen Duffy and we're excited to bring on the NLF number three prospect in the 2023 class um an attackman from St. Anthony's on Long Island as well as Team 91 Long Island Bandits one of the best teams in the country uh, who slotted in at number three in our NLF team rankings. Uh, pumped to have you join us, Owen Duffy. Thanks for coming. How's it going? Doing all right, but doing all right. Um, you know, big summer for you, obviously, and congratulations on the uh, recent commitment to North Carolina. So first thing I'm kind of curious to hear about is, you know, you had every school in the country coming for you. What, what kind of set UNC apart and, and how tough of a process was it for you? Uh, yeah, the process was definitely tough. Um, it was a little overwhelming at times. But uh, obviously, good problems to have. So you can't really complain about it too much. Um, I would say when I was at UNC, I kind of just knew. Um, loved the coaches, loved the campus. And obviously, academically and uh, athletically, you can't really get much better. So, 
did you, you know, you committed a little bit later than a lot of the guys Did you have people kind of getting on you about making a decision, you know, fast, or did you kind of just know you were going to take your time, take all you, I, I know you took a lot of visits, right. Um, and how important was that visit process for you? Um, yeah, all the coaches that I was talking to, they were all really cool with it. Um, a lot of them said that they uh, appreciated how I was kind of taking my time and I wasn't just rushing. Um, yeah, I would say that I definitely knew that I kind of wanted to take my time. Um, I didn't want to jump any at anything. So I kind of just scheduled out all my visits. Um, and then I kind of just, I didn't really rush. Um, I just went through the process. What was So tell me, Owen, what was the process like for you, you know, kind of starting on September 1 at, at midnight? I'm sure you got a lot of calls and texts and all that stuff. So were you busy responding right away? Or did you wait till later that day? Um, no, I, I definitely, uh, I responded to everything that night. Um, I definitely wasn't going to sleep anytime soon. <laughs> um, and I knew my sister went through the process. Um, so I knew that I kind of knew what to expect. Um, I mean, obviously you can expect things, but it happening is completely different. Um, going from honestly, no contact with coaches to everything all at once, um, was definitely pretty crazy. Yeah. And, and, you know, being one of the top recruits in the country, I'm sure every you know school wanted to shoot their shot. Was that a bit more than you expected? I, I know you said going in, you had a decent idea because your sister's going to Virginia. So, you know, kind of going through that, but was it even a little bit surprising just how much attention you got right away? Um, yeah, it was definitely um, a little overwhelming at first. Um, I kind of knew, like I heard about some schools through some of my uh, coaches who helped me through it. But um, like I said before, like expecting it's one thing, but uh, it happening is another thing. Yeah. I mean, you having a monster summer coming off a great year for, for St. Anthony's. I mean, you know, you kind of hit the ground running, I guess, with, with the uh, really no break in between the spring and the summer. I mean, how, you know, how big was, was this summer for you? And, you know, did you kind of know going in, all right, I'm going to play at these events specifically, or was it, you know, did you kind of have to adjust on the fly a little bit? What was that like for you? Um, yeah, like you said, um, with spring season, summer season kind of being almost connected, um, definitely was kind of cool ending the season, the uh, spring season, the way we did. So I had a lot of momentum coming off of that. And then with the events, it was kind of like I knew some things, but um, then I kind of uh, joined a couple things here and there, um, both with both team and uh, individual so I definitely did a fair share of events throughout the summer. Going back to the spring, you had such a great year for such a really good St. Anthony's team. Um, you know, your first year at St. Anne's, what was that like? Not only just, you know, kind of trying to hit the ground running as, as a newcomer, but, you know, playing on such a good team and, and being able to have the success that you had, including, you know, seven, a seven spot against Chaminade, which I'm sure you're not going to forget anytime soon. So what was the spring like for you? Uh, it was it was pretty crazy. I mean, um, joining a, a team like St. Anthony's with the, uh, the history that it has and the talent was pretty cool. Um, there's nothing really like that Chavanagh game. Um, I think that that's one of the best rivalries in lacrosse. Um, definitely the best in high school. Um, but yeah, that game, those games were always crazy. Um, you kind of, it's one of those games where you can kind of throw everything out the window um, cause there's so much emotions and energy going into that. Um, but yeah, those are definitely really cool. Did the intensity of the rivalry kind of 
you know, maybe catch you off guard at first, or, I mean, I guess probably not with seven goals, but um, were you just kind of maybe even a little bit surprised at just how heated everything was? Yeah. um, I remember going into a timeout in the first quarter and obviously all my like older friends um, talked to me, like, there's nothing like this game, like things you'll feel in it. Like you can't compare. Um, But I remember I went into a timeout in the first quarter and I was just like, wow, like this is really happening. Like, um, it was kind of like a surreal, like feeling like being in that game. I mean, obviously watching it on Long Island for so long growing up. Um, but yeah, there's really nothing you can compare to that game. Um, you kind of just almost black out in a way, like you're so into it that you don't even realize what's kind of going on. Sure. And then, you know, you start the summer and you were dominant at just about every event, you know, everybody was talking about you the whole time. And then um, you know, watching you at, at the NLF event at UMass, you know, another great performance. Like, at what point did you really realize, like, all right, I'm going to be able to pretty much, you know, pick whatever school I want? And, you know, wh- when did you realize you were going to be such a highly sought after guy? Um, I mean, I had through my coaches, I kind of, they kind of talked to me about like who was interested and who's reaching out to them. Um, but at the end of the day, I wasn't really too worried about that. Um, I knew that that was something that, I couldn't really control. Um, my way of thinking about it was kind of if they want me, they want me. And if they don't, they don't. There's nothing I can really do to change that um, besides my play. You mentioned earlier, too, like kind of mapping out your visits. And, you know, did you have a general idea of how many visits you were going to take, how many schools you were really interested in? Um, you know, what was that process like? You know, because of the 22 class basically got recruited off a of film. There was no visits. A lot of them haven't even, you know, still haven't met their, their coaches yet. So for you, it was kind of a return to normalcy. So what was that like for you with the visits? Um, yeah, uh, in the beginning, I kind of just mapped out all my visits, you know, talked to my family about everything and like kind of took everything in. Um, and then as time went on, um, I started to kind of schedule all my visits. Um, and then from there, kind of just went on, um, started to narrow it down um, and then began to take my visits. Nice. Um, you know, I know we had talked about this, I think in, in March or so when we, we did the story for the top 10, but just a couple of years ago, you were a midi and you were kind of still kind of coming into your own game. And now, you know, you, you moved to attack and obviously it's paid off for you. Um, take me through that process and what it was like for you. And, and when did you first kind of realize that attack is, you know, was the, the spot that was going to get you to college? Um, I think I kind of realized that when uh, all the other middies around me were about six one. and in sixth grade um I think that kind of is when I realized my dad says that he always knew I was going to be an attackman one day um but definitely he helped me kind of the switch um definitely I would say a lot of the guys a lot of older players that I know um definitely helped me with the transition and uh now I think it definitely helps um being able to play both just makes me more diverse you mentioned some of the older guys, you know, is there one guy in particular or a couple guys in particular that really helped you, um, you know, kind of get acclimated to the attack spot? Um, I would say not, this is obviously not a high school kid, but uh, Nick Aponte, um, Penn State guy. Um, I worked with him a lot. He definitely helped me with that switch. Um, and then I would say Joey Spolina, honestly, kind of just bouncing things off of him definitely helped. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, two pretty good guys to learn from, I would say. 
Um, what about kind of, you know, moving forward, what are you looking forward to this spring? I mean, tell me a little bit about how St. Anthony's is going to be. It seems like, you know, St. Anne's has more commits than anybody in terms of uh, in the 23 class, just as a high school by itself. So I know there's a ton of talent there. What do you kind of see in there? I know you lose, uh, you know, guys like McAdory and stuff like that, but um, still seems like there's going to be a lot of talent for the Friars. Yeah. Um, like you said, we definitely lose um, a good amount of guys across the board. Um, but I would say we kind of have commits across the board, um, both in my class and the 22s. So I think we'll definitely be able to fill a lot of those roles. Um, and I think we're going to have a pretty good spring. Um, I know we'll be able to have more of our uh, normal national schedule. So that'll be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, how exciting is that going to be for you? I mean, nothing against some of the teams on your schedule, but it's, you know, you had a couple of very comfortable wins um, other than like Chaminade. So, you know, usually you guys are going to play like a uh, Yorktown or somebody like that. And, you know, some, some big, you know, non-league games, that's gotta be pretty exciting too, to get back on that national radar. Yeah, that'll be definitely pretty cool. Um, I already know that we have a couple uh, of trips scheduled to play some pretty good teams. So that'll be cool. Um, yeah, last year with only being able to really play in our Catholic league on Long Island, definitely hurt us. Um, we couldn't really play all those teams that we normally play. I know you mentioned Yorktown. That was really one of the only uh, out of league games we could play last year. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, and then the other thing I'm, I'm curious about is, you know, you with the Bandits, you have such a great coaching staff, top to bottom, and obviously your dad, Bill's a bar, part of that. He played at Cornell. Now, how much were you able to take away from him, um, you know, growing up and all this time, and, and how much were you able to take away from, you know, Coach Bellina, Coach Aiello, um, and Coach Martin? Um, yeah, those guys have definitely – they've been around me since day one. Um They've really helped me become the player and the person I am today. Um, my dad has always been my, uh, my biggest fan, but at the same time, my biggest critic. Um, I really don't think I would be where I am today without him. Um, and then, like you said, um, Coach Bellina, he, I remember when we were younger, um, not gonna lie, we used to think he was kind of crazy with the four hour practices and no water. Um, but at the end of the day, it all paid off and I wouldn't ask for anything else. Seems like a lot of practices with, with no water. I mean, is that, is that a mental adjustment at first to just realize that, that it's, that water is not coming, um, or how long does it take to, to kind of adjust to that? Um, I mean, when we were younger, when you're at that age, you can kind of just run for days. Um, but as you started to get older, I think you kind of just, we kind of just adjusted, um, going back to like our town practices, like everyone would be like, oh, when do we get water? And I know a couple of guys I played with would just be like, you guys get water. Like <laughs> definitely, it was definitely an adjustment. Um, at the time early on, it was a little confusing, but, uh, I think there's definitely a, uh, method to coach Plina's madness and it's clearly paid off. You've got one more year with the bandits. Um, what do you kind of see and what are you expecting this, this upcoming season? And, you know, obviously, you guys are going to be in the mix for a national championship next year. Um, it's, it's got to be kind of on the, on the forefront of your mind, right. To finish out with a, with a bang. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking forward to um, this summer. I think it'll be cool. A lot of the pressures are off. Um, just being able to play um, going out there, just playing the cross with your boys. Um, and then, like you said, obviously we still kind of want to prove that we're the best team in the country. 
Um, I think that's a pretty big thing for us. All right. Well, thank you very much to Owen Duffy for joining us. Uh, once again, the NLF's number 323 and a, uh, the headliner of a very strong North Carolina class. Excited to have had you and good luck to you uh, in the upcoming spring and then uh, next summer. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And we're excited to kick it over to our interview with the NLS number 20 player in the 23 class, Jacob Pacheco. And we're very excited to be joined uh, with another fantastic guest, number 20 in the 23 NLF rankings, uh, midfielder from Boys Latin and the Crabs by way of Denver, Colorado, um, and a recent Penn Verbal uh, joining that wagon of a class. So excited to uh, welcome onto the show, Jacob Pacheco. Jacob, thank you for joining us. Excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we talked a bit before the season when you first transferred to BL. Um, you know, take us through that process. What was that like in, in deciding to go pretty much all the way across the country to play in one of the most competitive leagues in the, in, in the country? I mean, how nerve-wracking was it for you, and what kind of opportunity did you see there? Um, absolutely. So um, the summer prior to the transfer, I played for the Crabs um, and absolutely loved it, loved the guys. And, uh, you know, our Crabs 2023 team, we have, I think, five or six BL guys that are all in my grade. And, um, you know, it kind of turned from just a little bit of, you know, teasing here and there, like, hey, when you come into BL, um, all of a sudden it kind of turned into a, a little bit more serious. You know, we got more involved with some of these families and some of these kids. And, um, you know, it started to seem like the right decision for me. So, you know, building up into the winter time and uh, like winter break rolled around and I was really starting to take this more seriously. And I was, you know, I was just really excited and hopeful that I could play um, with some of the best guys out on the East coast um, in Maryland. And um, you know, with COVID and everything getting pushed back and a lot of the seasons getting messed with, uh, you know, my family and I kind of decided like, Hey, if they're going to play lacrosse anywhere, it's going to be in the MIAA. So um, it seemed like the right decision for me, and um, I took the steps necessary to do that. And it's been a dream. It's been a dream come true so far. Now, before you left, you were at one of the best schools in Colorado, right, Valley Christian? So, um, not nothing against there. And I know you had a big role there, you know, early in your career. But uh, how big of an eye opener was it for you when you get to the MIAA? And it's you know a lot of the best, very best guys in the whole country. Uh, absolutely. And, um, you know, my school in Colorado was, it was awesome. We had a lot of really good players. Um, but moving out to the East Coast and playing for Boys Latin, um, it, it was, as you said, really eye opening. And, uh, you know, the practices just seemed to move at a speed that I had never really seen before. And, you know, I got to know some of these guys who, you know, were known national, nationally for being some of the best players. And, you know, it was just really cool to get close with some of those guys and um, really develop um, a relationship with them. And, um, you know, it was just moving a lot faster, um, a lot more, a lot more talent um, and just a lot more depth on the rosters. And it was just a crazy experience. How much of a, an adjustment was it for you kind of, you know, right away? And then, you know, similar to, to you personally, BL's kind of seemed like, you, know, you guys started off a little slower maybe than expected and then obviously poured it on at the end of the year and came away with the title. How special was that? And, you know, playing in front of, I think it was what, 7,500 people at, uh, at Navy Marine Corps stadium, it must've been pretty sick. 
Uh, yeah, it was, it was absolutely insane. Something I had never been a part of, um, you know, prior to that. Um, and it was just really, really crazy. So obviously when I came out, the first few practices were really, really hard. It was hard to, you know, kind of keep up with these guys. Um, and as the season kept going through and, you know, we kept going through our scouts and um, who we would be playing that following week or what and whatnot, um, you know, it started to feel more comfortable. And it was just really awesome because all the coaches and all the guys out here, they just really want you to succeed and play to your strengths. And, um, you know, obviously it was a tough adjustment playing with some really, really talented players. But, uh, you know, just the program in itself did a really amazing job trying to, uh, you know, blend me and make me feel as comfortable as I possibly can. So. So Jacob, uh, just from going over your, uh, your highlights you threw up earlier uh, in October, one thing that definitely always transfers state to state is, you know, guys who can run, um, played a lot of wings, scored a ton of goals in transition, um, you know, with the big righty shot. Um, going forward here next year, are, how are things looking for you offensively? Are we going to see you more six on six or is this it? Um, yeah, so I, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful that, you know, you will see a little bit more of me playing six on six. Um, you know, we have some really talented uh, junior midfielders this year. Um, obviously, really talented attackmen, senior attackmen like Don Petromala and Hopper Zapatello. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very hopeful that, you know, you'll be seeing a lot more of me on the offensive end. Um, this last season, like I said, I was just playing to my strengths and, uh, you know, running the ball up and down the field. So, well, I mean, it, your first couple of shots on the uh, the highlight reels are from like 14 plus. So, you know, maybe a little man up in your future, you know, not strictly that D mid type guy. Yep, absolutely. Uh, curious, you know, obviously, like we were talking about, BL came on strong at the end of the year. And, and that final game, just, you know, you had a really big goal, I think, to put you guys maybe your first lead of the game or second lead of the game. Um, and it was definitely kind of a tie turn. I mean, what's that moment like for you when you're a sophomore playing in such a big atmosphere? you know, you got this, this massive crowd and obviously, you know, getting the boys on top, but must've been a pretty special feeling. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so hard to describe. And, uh, you know, even going through warmups of that game, my heart was racing. I felt like, you know, there are butterflies in my stomach. Uh, it was just a really crazy experience and, you know, going out there and putting that ball in the back of the net. Um, I, I gotta be honest with you. Like I just kind of like, just kind of blacked out and, you know, used my training and what all that I've worked for and I, you know, scored the ball. So it was, it was really, really crazy. It was so much hype and so many fans and, uh, you know, it's just so hard to describe. It was, it was a really cool feeling. So curious about your recruitment. Um, you know, obviously you had, you, you knew going in, you had some really good grades. So a lot of those top end schools were going to be uh, coming after you, um, you know, took a little bit longer than a lot of the kids did, which I think is, is really good. Uh, I mean, we say take a little bit longer. It looked like it was a month and a half, but uh, what was that process like for you? And, you know, did you know going in that you wanted to go Ivy? Was it just, Hey, let's just kind of see the best situation that comes up for me. Like, what was that like? And, and how tough was it to, uh, to, to choose Penn out of all those unbelievable schools that were recruiting you? Uh, yeah. One thing that my family and I have always been, you know, very passionate about is that I can use my skills in lacrosse to go to, a school where I can maybe get a better education than I would be able to if I weren't playing lacrosse. So, you know, I think going into it, uh, I had a pretty good feeling that I was going to go Ivy. You know, I was hopeful that I was going to 
be able to get in a good, such an amazing ac uh, academic institution such as Penn. So, you know, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of knew that I wanted to go Ivy and, uh, you know, you mentioned that it took me a little while to commit compared to some other guys. Um, I just wanted to make sure that uh, where I ended up verbally committing to was the place that I was going to call home. So I was able to take a couple of visits up to Penn and just loved every second of it, loved the guys, loved the culture. And, you know, it just seemed like the right decision for me. So I ended up verbally committing there and I'm excited to see what's to come in the future. Yeah, I mean, not only are you going into one of the best institutions in the in the country and the defending Ivy League champions, but Penn is on an absolute mission in this class. Um, you know, if you look at just overall recruiting rankings, this is by far the best class they've ever put together. Um, you know, obviously, I think Leo Hoffman kind of set the tone for it, and then adding you and Ben Beecham and guys like that is is pretty impressive. I mean, how crazy is it to look at that class and, and think, wow, these are the guys I'm, I'm going into school with, and we've got a pretty good chance not just at making noise in the Ivy League, but on a national scale. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've played with these guys through my entire club career, and, you know, they've always been studs. I, you know, I've played with Ben Beecham for I don't know how many years, and he's always been a stud. And, you know, it's just – it's unbelievable that um, – you know, we're putting together such a great class and I'm really excited for it. And uh, one funny thing is that one of my, one of my best friends from my hometown in Colorado, Davis Provost is also going to Penn and uh, he's out here in Maryland going to Calvert Hall right now. So it's going to be a really cool experience um, going to school with him again and, you know, being able to see him a lot. So getting the band back together. Love it. Oh yeah. So who are you looking forward to playing against most in the Ivy league? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm putting you on the spot. No yeah. punches. <laughs> I would say, I would say I look forward most to, uh, to playing against Yale. Um, you know, Yale always seems to bring the intensity. They have some really athletic guys and obviously a great team, uh, you know, for I don't know how many years. And uh, so that's, that's one rivalry that I'm really, really looking forward to um, when it comes time to go to Penn. Switching back a little bit to, you know, just kind of want to hear a little bit more about your Crabs experience. I mean, how did you kind of end up linking up with the Crabs and, and what has your experience been like? And obviously with Coach McLaren running the show, but um, with so many of the best guys in the country and one of the best teams in, in the class, I mean, that's got to, it has to have been a pretty special experience for you. Absolutely. Um, you know, I just, before I came to Crabs, um, my parents and Coach McLaren uh, kind of began talking and, you know, he said, that he might want me to come try out for the team. And I eventually made it out to Maryland to uh, try out for the squad. And, you know, I think I fit right in. I got to know a lot of the guys a lot better and, you know, haven't looked back. It's been a really, really great team for me. Um, obviously, we've been known to be a really great team uh, in the club circuit. And it's just, it's it's really just a blessing to be part of such an awesome team. Um, you know, and I go, to a, I go to school now with a lot of the guys. So that makes it a lot easier to develop more relationships and more chemistry with them. Uh, can you give me or give us a uh, favorite team to play against in the club circuit and least favorite team to play against? Ooh, that's a tough one. I would say my favorite club team to play against has to be Thunder LB3. You know, we, we kind of trade off and go back and forth with them. They match up really, really well against us. Um, you know, we lost two or three games to them this summer and, you know, it just seems like we go back and forth with them and, you know, our, 
our defenders on the crabs on our crabs team are really really great on ball and you know their attackmen are really really great off ball so it's just a good matchup for us and always a tough hard fought game um you know we were lucky enough to pull one out at elite eight uh this fall but just that whole game was just intense and you know just a lot of fun so that's my favorite team my least favorite team to play I would have to say my least favorite team to play would be the 91 Bandits. Um, they're a really talented squad, and they move the ball really, really well. And, uh, you know, when they're on, they're on. Like, <laughs> there's no stopping a lot of those guys when they're um, playing a really good game. So it's really, really hard to match up against them. And, you know, most of the time it's pretty competitive, but sometimes, you know, they just bring the heat. So You don't have to tell me. I've been on the wrong side of a few of them. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, Janik, they're you, uh, you paying him to say this? Is this coming out of the 91 budget? <laughs> yeah, check, check's got to clear soon. Don't worry about Jacob. We'll get, we'll, we'll get you taken care of. Uh, well, thank you very much to Jacob Pacheco for joining us. Uh, very insightful interview. Um, you can see why he's going to Penn, and Dagan and I are, did not go to Penn. It makes a whole lot of sense. Um, one, of the, one of the best two-way middies in the class, and you know we think he's going to do some really great things at BL and then one more year with the Crab. So, um, good luck to you this spring and, and you know, moving forward um, and looking forward to watching you play, Jacob. Thank you very much, you guys. I look forward to it. Thank you very much to Owen Duffy and Jacob Pacheco for joining us on this week's NLF Insider Podcast. Um, two really insightful kids and, um, you know, you kind of saw how they handled the process. And, you know, they were able to be patient with it. And um, I think it's really, really great that they're able to kind of take their visits and, and break down the, the process of, you know, how they were analytical about it. So, uh, no doubt to Carolina and Penn are getting uh, two great prospects. Um, with that being said, we're that'll be it for this week's episode. We're looking forward to uh, breaking down the NLFO Invitational as a preview for next week, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah.